We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. You promised us that when two or more gather in my name, here I am in the midst of them. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you for the grace that you have given us. We thank you for the unmerited favor you have bestowed on upon all of us. For while we were still sinning, Christ, you died for us. We thank you for your mercy, your compassion, and your love. Thank you that you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son that you love. Thank you that we are transferred because of your blood. Thank you, Father. We worship you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. You're the meaning of everything. And as sons and daughters, we like to thank you for everything seen and unseen that you have done for us. Thank you for protecting us from the evil one. And thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit to be with us until the end of age. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Jesus, thank you. We honor you and we love you and we thank you. For your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I pray from today, Lord Jesus, that every believer here begins to walk in your maturity, begins to walk in your truth. I pray for wisdom to enter their hearts, that they may know you more and more, that they may no longer be tossed back and forth, or swayed with the world. I pray from today, Lord Jesus, that every person here today can begin to hearken to your voice and understand why they were put on earth. Thank you, Jesus. I pray this prayer for every person here today, that they may mature, that they may walk in the way that you have planned for them. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are working every heart. We thank you, God, our Father. Because Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws them to me. Thank you, Father, for drawing your Son to us and sending him to the cross and allowing us to receive the Holy Spirit. I declare the blood of Jesus over every head here, every heart, every body. I pray from today 
that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the of our testimony. Thank you for your blood that pours from heaven and makes us whole. I declare your blood to break every yoke of the name. Be restored. Be restored today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful worship. Thank you. For all the people that are serving, thank you as well. And for all the people that come week by week, bless you. Oh, it's too bright now. Who's been enjoying um, every week about where God focuses his blessings? It's an eye-opener for every person, yeah? It's amazing because you start to see the area where God focuses on. Your heart, your character. That's the true reflection that Jesus has actually touched your heart, is that your character is like him. The most dangerous thing is that your character is not like him and you're operating in his power. It's the most dangerous area. That's why in the word of God, it tells us to pretty much in the in the last season to go after the anointing and go after the power first let him restore your heart let him create his image inside of you where there is love there's compassion and mercy and then his power would come and your character can sustain it are we understanding why so many people cannot sustain the anointing of God is because their character hasn't been changed. So the Holy Spirit comes, the power comes. The Holy Spirit is a person, the person of the Trinity comes and, it, and, and you can't sustain the anointing. The anointing to learn, the, the anointing to be taught by God the anointing to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. The most important thing is that your heart is transformed, your character as a believer. Then the anointing comes, you can sustain it. You can carry it out until the day of Christ. But imagine you're after the power, the anointing, and you're walking in pride, walking in selfishness, walking in anger, walking in bitterness. The power comes and goes doesn't stay many people here have had a glimpse of the holy spirit where they feel like the fire they feel the anger they feel 
the drive. They feel momentum. That's how you know the Holy Spirit's at work. You know that? You know how the, you know the Holy Spirit's at work? There is fire, a continuous burning, a hunger. Uh, a hunger which moves the heart of God. That's how you know the Holy Spirit's at work and it's prompting you and it's working inside of you. How you know the Holy Spirit's not so much active inside of you is when everything's a wrestle to pray, to read, to do the things of the Spirit, to be in the Word of God. That's how you know the Holy Spirit's not active inside of you. Are we understanding? So the most important thing is that when I started my journey, I understood this. As a believer, I understood what I needed to focus on. And I can't tell you nothing's changed, but actually matured. Because I understood where God focuses on. I was so careful not to move before my time. So careful. When I hear, I walk. If I don't hear, I keep seeking, keep serving, keep doing the things of Christ. Keep in that place where I'm changing my heart. And I'm telling you, I have never taken a wrong step more than eight years now, eight and a half years I've been in the Lord. And can I share this with you? In the last three weeks, I spoke to believers, and this is not to attack anyone here, please, but the Holy Spirit started to speak to me. I spoke to believers, they've been in the Lord 40, 50 years, and they wanted to do video chat with me. They've, they, they're in a hole. They've hit a barrier. They've stopped moving. They're stuck. And <clears throat> the Holy Spirit spoke to me for each one of those people, three people. They're in their 50s to 70s. And this is not to elevate myself, but this is a lesson. Because it's not how long you've been in the Lord that determines if you are growing. It's how you cooperate with the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand this. There's no time barrier with God. When you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. It's your choice. And I said to myself, all these things that I'm seeing, by no means am I looking down on anyone. But what a dangerous place to be is you ticking off months years, etc., that you're a believer and your heart hasn't been transformed yet. What a lesson to show how sensitive you have to be to the Holy Spirit. It's true. You know the greatest awareness for me now as a believer? You know the most sensitive area for my life now is the presence of God. You know the you know you know who you're walking in? 
you're walking in the Holy Spirit. You know where he's living? I think we say this every single time. Do you know who's actually living inside of you? God. Just think about it for a moment. Just think about it for a moment. Who is actually living inside of you? And the awareness. And the, the awareness that you give him. Just think about it. Just take a step back. Forget this now. Just think about it, who's living inside of you. And the most sensitive area as a believer, it's for his presence in you. You know, what hurts me the most is that God is living in us, yet we, we don't give him, give him that acknowledgement. We don't give him that value that he's actually there, wanting to fellowship with us from day to day. You know that? Just think about that. God, the Holy Spirit, is inside of you, wanting to fellowship with you, wanting his voice to supersede your voice, wanting his thoughts to supersede your thoughts. Wanting his heart to supersede your heart. Just think about that. You know, if there's one thing that I protected in my journey, is his presence. I value that he's actually in me. He's not outside of me. He's in me. And I protected that place with the grace that God's given me. I protected that place. God's living inside of you. Just, just digest that one. Yet we always find reasons to put him not the center of our lives. We're busy on things that are meaningless. Think about it. Busy on things that are meaningless, the things that the world offers us. Social media, gaming, sitting, doing nothing. Yet when it comes to that, everything in us flares up to stop us from doing that. Just think about that. You know, the greatest days for me as a believer is to be in his presence. I value him. He's not a God that's away from me. He's, ac he's actually in me. And I learned something so important in my journey. If there's anything that I want from God, is to be sustained. That my relationship, relationship with God excels from glory to glory. I don't want to be that person who becomes idle, idle, where nothing's happening. It's true, yeah? The most important thing that you have to value, yes, we value the Word of God. That steers us to His presence. The value, the one who's living inside of us. He knows how to speak to you. He knows what you need to hear.
He knows what you can digest on. You don't know what you can digest on. But he knows. So is there any better teacher than giving value to the Holy Spirit to actually teach you? The thing is, you have the world to deal with, you have sin to deal with, you have the devil to deal with, and you have your own self to deal with. That's the problem that many people do not overcome. Many people do not overcome this obstacle, the greatest obstacle that allows you to be free for the call of God. Just think about that. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living inside of us. Just digest that. And you and you and all those meaningless things that you operate in day to day, that will begin to disintegrate. That will begin to disappear. Because you, you're giving value to the one who's inside of you. See, the most important thing a lot of people say, I need to give more time for God. When you know he's living inside of you, you will give him that value. He's living inside of you. Your body is the temple of God. You know that? Your body is the temple of God. So think about what I'm saying. Think about it. I get frustrated when I see believers sit on their phone the whole day, gaming the whole day, talking about rubbish the whole day. I get frustrated. Not in a way to be angry at anyone, but I see that they're missing out on the greatest call of God of their life. That's, that's what it is. You're missing out on your true identity as a son or a daughter. The Bible says, in the wisdom of God, teach us to number our days because the days are evil. And there's no better way to know who's living inside of you. I share something, and I wasn't even going there, but I'll share it. <coughs> I used to play cards. I used to play FIFA before the Lord. He's going to laugh for you. Laugh. You have a laugh. <laughs> so before the Lord, I used to play FIFA. And um, I just got saved. And I, I used to play Ultimate Team with all my friends. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> I used to play Ultimate Team. And I, ho I heard the Holy Spirit. I was playing for probably two and a half hours. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want to spend time with you. Told he said to me. You know, in that moment, I gave away the PlayStation to a younger boy. I gave everything up. The cards, the gaming. Don't get me wrong, there's a time to have fun with your friends. I understand that. But in the beginning, the flesh wants to hold on to something and anything. <laughs> so I don't even give that advice anymore. Especially when you're in a battle and the flesh wants to be comfortable. It wants to hold on to anything. And it creates habits. You get me? So I don't even give that advice anymore. And I gave it up. 
for something greater. See, the problem with Christianity today is they always think that they have to give up something for something lesser. You give up something for something greater. Who's that? God. Make no mistake. The way we paint the picture in our hearts and our minds, we have to give up something for something lesser. Believe me, the best days of my life now, they're in God. Because there's true harmony in my spirit. There's true peace and love in my spirit. There's no war inside anymore. Why? Because I gave up something for something better. You think about it. And God loves this. Because this is a form of obedience. This is what I'm speaking about today. <clears throat> the blessings of God follows those who are obedient. Obedient to what? This is the thing. A lot of people say, I want to start my journey. Many people here, they're babes. Not to look down on anyone here, but most of you have just started your journey. Most of you. I say that humbly. So how you read the Word of God and how you cooperate with the Holy Spirit is crucial. Yes? So where do you start? Where do you actually start as a believer? It's a good question, eh? Where do you start as a believer? Where do you actually start as a believer? Are you building the right foundation? Are you building the right building? Are you building the right structure? I had some amazing dreams last week. The Holy Spirit visited me in my dreams and gave me an uh, updated teaching. You know why? Because I value Him. I know in my own strength I cannot achieve what God wants to do. But through the Spirit I can. I know this. He gets all the glory, Jesus, working in me. He gets it, but I know that I cannot achieve anything outside of the Spirit. So I'm always in that area to rely on Him. So as a believer, where would you start? I start with one scripture and I explain. We go to Luke chapter 11. 27 to 28. You know how excited I get when I get direction from the Holy Spirit? Because I know I'm preaching what He wants me to preach. Yes? I get so happy in my spirit, for my own spirit, not, not just to give it to you. I get happy because I know that I'm, I'm in line where God wants me to be. Imagine me sitting here and teaching you how to operate in signs and wonders and operate in, the, in your gifting. I'll be destroying you. Believe me, a heart that's, that's not transformed would, 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 would set you up for disaster. Because we haven't spoke about signs and wonders and there's still division, there's still gossip, there's still slander, there's still hurt in people's hearts, there's still rejection. And, and, and we want to try to focus on something outside of transforming our hearts. No. So let's have a look at this scripture here. It's very powerful. 
And the Holy Spirit spoke to me last week about this. And I, and I want to share it. But amazing foundational teachings. For all the people that are building that structure, maybe you would have to knock down all the things that you thought you know to build the structure that God wants you to build on. And this is not to intimidate or hurt anyone. But the most important thing, the building of your heart, begins in the right direction. Yes? Okay. So, for all the people that have been listening, uh, Janet got me a laser. Janet's on the ball. <laughs> I had a drumstick before and I was hitting the wall so hard and she think I got a bit violent she got me this so I want to share something with you where all the blessings follow pay greater attention from all the series that are done on where the blessings of God follows a believer it's all about your heart God looks at the secret of your heart believe me Make no mistake. I see people. I see people operating in hatred, bitterness, resentment, anger, gossip, slander. And I think for a person to openly speak about it, what's happening inside there? I think in my mind, this is how I think. For a person to come out openly and, 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 and expose himself like this, imagine what's happening inside here. Imagine what the Holy Spirit needs to do inside here. So let's have a look here. <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking. And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blesses the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. But he said more than that. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Now here, there's, there's a lesson for us here. That flesh and blood to Jesus, in a way, means nothing. What matters the most is those who hear the word of God and keep it. We agree with that, yeah? Okay. So the most important thing to God, it doesn't... Mean if you're Jesus' cousin, brother, mother, what matters the most to Jesus is that you hear the word of God and you obey it. That's how you truly know God. Because God is spirit. Those who worship God, worship God in the spirit and in the truth. That's how we are known by God. Now if it's in the word of God there, it's important. Okay? So here it's saying, blessed are those who hear and keep it. So there are, two, there are two areas where God focuses here. What is it? This one, hear, and hear, keep it. And you, you always hear Jesus and you hear Paul's teachings about their hearing has become callous. They've, they've, they've become deaf. Now this is, this is a spiritual meaning. But I'm not going to focus on this one here, those who hear. I'm focusing here on what does it work, what does it mean to keep it. Okay, because there's a spiritual foundation here 
that's going to allow you to really understand how to build the right foundation. Okay, let's have a look. So for all those who are following from the Esword, and please don't get caught up in that stuff. Um, when you get saved, everyone wants to find out this Greek word and this Hebrew word and all this stuff. It's good, but also you can get stuck in this area. Had people come up to me before, this word doesn't mean this, the and he and she and him and whatever it is. Just start with the right foundation. Okay, but I'm just showing you in the deeper spiritual meaning what, what it actually means. Okay, so the word, the word <clears throat> keep, the word keep, it's from the Strong's uh, Greek 5442 for those who are following. And the word is phalosa. Phalosa. That's the word. <laughs> so the word, <laughs> the word is phalusa. Okay? <clears throat> now, phalusa defines, look at this amazing foundation here. A lot of people say, okay, how do I become obedient? How, how do I begin my journey as a believer? It's a good question. And I, and I thank God that he allowed me to see this. Now, the word falusa, the first word means to guard. That's the first foundation. The first word means to guard. Now, each one of these holds a pillar. An amazing structure where you can see if you are building in the right place. Yes? I will explain. It will shock you. This... This, this teaching, by the grace of God, what an amazing structure to begin. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for allowing us to see this. Now, the first words, to guard. The second one is to watch and to keep watch. The third one, to keep from being snatched away. The fourth one, to have an eye upon. Now you hear the scriptures, they, they keeps talking about the eyes, the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord. Now, it's such a deep foundational teaching. The fifth one is to avoid, shun away and flee from. Now, this is how God sees that you are obedient. And as a result, the blessings will follow you. Amen? Are you being obedient so the blessings can follow you? No. That's the nature and character of God. What does he say? It's better, it's better to be obedient than to offer sacrifices. God is after obedience. Okay? The sixth one is to obey. Seventh, to preserve. Eighth, to save from being lost or perishing. To take care not to violate. And finally, now this is so powerful, yet so lacking in the body. Ready? And finally, 
the idea of a race, clan, kindred, tribe, meaning the idea of isolation from the world. Now these are all major pillars, these are all major pillars how God sees that you're walking in obedience towards Him. Now I'm going to explain the first one. The first one so powerful. To God. Let's have a look. <clears throat> Ready? This will bless your heart. The word God has four meanings. Ready? This opens up another massive teaching. The word God has four meanings. The first one is to give understanding. Okay? The second one is accountability. This is what the word God means from, from the Bible. Give understanding. Second, accountability. Number three, responsibility. Number four, direction. Okay, so let's have a look at the first meaning to give understanding. How can I become obedient where I can begin to receive understanding from God? Let's have a look. Psalms 119, verse 130 in the New King James Version. I chose that photo because I pictured Jesus teaching in this way, allowing people to what? God put you on earth to what? Inherit a blessing. Every blessing that God the Father gave. He wants you to walk in all the blessings of God. Now, can I say something? Most of them are spiritual. In the Old Testament, they saw all the blessings as being physical. Most of the New Testament blessings are spiritual. There's only a few that are physical. Physical blessings. Most of them are heart. Yes? Okay, so it says here, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Next scripture. Proverbs 18.2 <clears throat> This is the opposite of a person lacking understanding. Now, if this is you, I think you should change today. It's as simple as that. Identify something and begin to move forward. It's as simple as that. That's the grace that we have in Christ now. His mercy is new every morning. You can start again today, and that's it. Whatever is there, it's passed away. Amen. So a fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. That word there, his own opinion. In all the other translation, it says opinion. So a person who's highly opinionated, yeah, he's lacking understanding. You get it? From the word of God? Where does God's word say that? Where does it say that? And for a person to be highly opinionated, that's the root of pride. Because God gave us his word. Okay, 
So we see now where understanding comes from. Yes? Good. Now let's see what God's word needs to do or produce in you. So for understanding to enter your heart, for God to see you obedient, and for God's word to enter your heart, you begin to see the area that God wants to produce from his word. Yes? So let's say I'm reading the word of God. Let's say I'm reading the word of God. I'll just open it. Let's say I'm reading the word of God every day. This is the most important book to me. You can, you can read it and, and, and get that understanding from God and move forward, or you can be blocked. Okay? So let's say I'm reading the Word of God every day. What am I actually looking for? What am I actually looking for? You begin to think. What are you actually looking for as a believer? And how does God see you that you're operating in obedience to Him? What is God's Word wanting to produce inside of you as a believer? Let's have a look. We go to Proverbs 2, chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Now look what understanding needs to produce. If you can get this, believe me, your structure will, will build so quickly. And can I say something here? All the blessings come, the majority of God's blessings comes from this area. And I'll focus on it. It says here, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand then you will understand the fear of the Lord. What does understanding produce? Tells you about keeping His commands. Tells you about discernment. It tells you to cry for it more than the treasures of this world. What is the foundation that holds them all together? The fear of the Lord. So how God sees you building the right structure as a believer, what is it? How he sees you that you are obedient towards him, what is the major pillar that God's trying to produce in you when you read the word of God from day to day? The fear of the Lord. Okay? And I'm going to explain what the fear of the Lord actually means. Now, isn't it interesting that Obedience, the first key to obedience is understanding. Understanding from reading the Word of God from day to day is meant to produce one thing. Well, you know what it is? A structure, a barrier. If I can get anything from the fear of the Lord, it's protect, protect you as a person of God, protect you for fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. Protect your heart. Are we understanding? If you'll see anyways from this teaching. So let's see here. Let's see what are the fruits of the fear of the Lord. 
Okay, we go to Proverbs 14, verse 29 in the NIV. Now, how many people here say, I want to be blessed by God? How many people here say, I want to walk in God's obedience? Where do you start? That's the problem we have. We lack so much of understanding through the Word of God to identify what God is actually trying to produce inside of us. You get it? If you are quick to understand what God needs to produce in you, you would focus so much in this area where God is so pleased with. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to... Oh, it's not that one, sorry. Proverbs 14, 21. Now look here. Look what understanding produces. Those who are patient have great understanding, but the quick-tempered display folly. Now, what is the major key for, for the fear of the Lord to, or sorry, for understanding to produce in you the fear of the Lord that creates patience? Why? Why patience? Why patience? You know what I get, what I get from that word patience? It's the process of God. When you're patient, you will endure. When you're patient, you walk it out. It's true. So many people leave the path of God. Why? Because they're impatient. Because they're not understanding where God needs to focus on. If there's anything that I focus on now, it's the process. Why? The process tells me that my heart has to undergo things that God needs to address and work in my heart, and then later everything else will click together. Yes? But let's say, let's, let's, let's say a person is after the blessings, he's after quick results. That's symbolic of the flesh. It's symbolic of that he doesn't want to go through the process of discipline, the process of change. It's true. The flesh wants everything yesterday. It's true. So you know what I learned? I learned something that's going to protect me as a believer. I'm not going to go praying for things that I'm not meant to pray for. I'm going to pray for the process of God to work in me, and then in the right time, everything will be produced. So look, understanding here what it produces. Patience. What does patience do? It's the major foundation for you to walk and do life with Christ. Because imagine, imagine challenges come your way. Imagine God's trying to address certain things in your heart. Imagine everything is crumbling against you and you operate in a place where you're quick-tempered or you're impatient. What happens? You leave the path of Christ. So many people leave the path of Christ today because things got too hard for them. Things got too challenged for them. So many people don't give that value to God like they did when they operate in impatience. So a major key 
of the of understanding which produces the fear of the Lord, the major foundation is patience. Patience. Okay. <clears throat> so patience is a is an is an indication that you are operating in understanding. And you know the word patient from the Hebrew one of the words that the, that roots from the word patience, you know what it says? To wait with God. To wait side by side with God. So let's say a person's operating in patience, yeah? Yeah, the issue with the people today, they don't see the results from the Holy Spirit. They don't see God, the transformation of God's word in their heart. You know why? They wait without God. They wait without faith. They wait without prayer. They wait without walking with God. So the word patience in the Hebrew, one of the words that roots from that word is wait with God. So you begin to say a, a person who's impatient, he waits without God. That's what that scripture in a, in a way means. Are you understanding? So wh when a person operates in impatient, what happens? It's most of the time in the area of discipline. It's in the area where God's trying to deal with your heart. And the Bible talks about it. Paul talks about it. Don't be discouraged when you're rebuked by the Lord. What does that mean? It means don't be discouraged when God has said no. That's what it actually means. Don't be discouraged. You're not ready for that. So I learned something. If I'm not ready for something, let's just learn to walk with God and deal with the process. Then he'll give me what I'm ready for. You'll always be protected in this area. You will never get burnt out or discouraged in this area. Are you listening? So some, some people say, I prayed for this and I believe for it. I say, sorry, uh, who asked you to pray for this? Did God actually ask you to pray for this? Did the Holy Spirit prompt you to actually pray for this? So I learned to protect my own heart in my journey. When God gives me something, it's mine. Let him speak to me. So... So understanding which produces the fear of the Lord, the first key is patient, wait with God. All the results come from that. How many people here when times got tough, believers here? And I'm not having to go at anyone here, but how many times when times got tough and things got challenging, you didn't give value to God anymore like you did? Yeah, think about it. That's when I was most close to God. Is when my heart didn't want to hearken to Him. Because there the flesh cries out, it's not fair. Why is things so hard? I don't deserve to go through this. I learned to zip my mouth. Zip my mouth and hear my heart. Okay. Now, it's, it's good. The next, teach, the next foundation is, wow, so powerful. Now, let's see the next fruit of the fear of the Lord. We'll go to Proverbs 17, 27. So a lot of people say, I want to be blessed by God. Yes, start building the structure. 
Proverbs 17, 27 in the Amplified. Now look at this here. Look at the major key here from what knowledge produces. Okay? He who has knowledge restrains and is careful with his words. And the man of understanding and wisdom has a cool spirit, self-control, and an even temper. Now look at the second major foundation that's going to allow you to operate in obedience towards God. And as a result, allow the blessings of God to come your way. What is it? Self-control. Now, can I tell you something here? When you operate in self-control, who can intrude into your heart? And I'm not talking about sin here. I'm talking about the way we deal with offense, hurt, rejection, unforgiveness. When you have self-control, you know what self-control says? That I can only do what God tells me to do. And, and you ask the, ask the Lord to produce that inside of you. Now look here. He who has knowledge restrains and is careful with his words. And self-control is a major characteristic, a major character, sorry, that you are operating in understanding. Now let's look at the next fruit of the fear of the Lord. We go to Job 28, 28. So this is just the first word. This is the first word I'm dealing with here. Give understanding. Are you seeing it? And are you actually reflecting upon it in your heart? Because what does God do when you focus on this area? He blesses you. He blesses you with himself in you, with his peace, with his presence, with his joy, with his hope. Everything else is beautiful after that. Now look here. <coughs> look how God sees that you're obedient towards him. So I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to read the word of God to get understanding. Yeah, But what is it actually producing in you? Look here, Job 28, 28. And he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. Now what is the fear of the Lord? I think, is that New King James? Uh, New King James. Okay, and to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. So what is the fear of the Lord producing inside of you? What is the fear of the Lord producing in you? Is to depart from all evil. So as a believer, you begin to see. You begin to see what God wants to produce in you when understanding actually reaches your heart, which is the entrance of God's word into you, is to hate all evil. 
Now, so many people are walking in this area and they're thinking why their life is turmoil or why their life is out of order. And believe me, it's not what happens outside, it's really what happens inside. So you begin to think here, I want to be blessed by God and I, I want to walk in obedience towards Him. The major key why you actually read the Word of God is to create the fear of the Lord in you that gives you the grace to depart from all evil. Now the New Testament says it different. It says the grace of God has appeared. It teaches us to deny all ungodliness. Why grace? Because it's unmerited now. It's a grace which is a gift that gives you the legal right to enter into a new dimension. What is the new dimension? The blood of His covenant. You have the legal right now to enter into a new covenant, which is His blood. He done it for you. But look what He has to produce to depart from evil. So you begin to see how God sees a person that is blessed. Why was Jesus, why was Jesus heard? Why did Jesus, why was Jesus heard? It was in the book of Hebrews. He was heard because of his godly fear. Read it. You will see that even God the Father heard Jesus Christ because of his godly fear. And what is godly fear? To take the world and sin and the devil away from your life. Think about it. Okay. Psalms 111, verse 10. New King James Version. Now, this is, this is a teaching, a structure. So you can begin to build your spiritual life on. <clears throat> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And now look at this here. A good understanding. Now he's saying something that's good. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. So you begin to see here, everything that the New Testament spoke of, it hasn't changed. The only thing we have now is the grace of Jesus. We have that covenant now. Through the Holy Spirit we can overcome all things. But that's how you cooperate with Him. I have a saying, a lot of people think, you know, that the, the finish is when you accept Jesus. No, it's just the beginning. It's actually just the beginning. The biggest war happens after you receive Jesus. Because you have the flesh to deal with, sin to deal with, and the devil to deal with. And yourself. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So Jesus judges your walk, your commitment, your faith at the end of your journey. No one judges or examines or sees a true person of faith in the beginning of their journey. They all speak of the end result. Paul said it, they all said it. I have finished the race. The end result is what God looks at. So a warning to you here today, it's not how you begin, it's how you finish and cooperate with Him. For the people that are idle and they're doing nothing with their life, be aware 
because that's your free will now to do as you please, as you your free will. And God will not interrupt in that because he never forces anyone to follow him. You know the Christian world today? We have a habit of persuading people to follow Christ. That's not faith. That's evil. We don't persuade people to pray, oh, you know, God's going to give you this. God will do something for you. That's a conviction of your heart that he's the son of God. He's the only way. It's sad how Christianity has become a place to persuade people out of the flesh to follow God and see the results. God will use you. Follow him. No, follow him. He's the truth. He is the truth. That's it. There's nothing else. The Christian world today, they have, a, they have a, a desire, you know. Follow God, he will use you. God's got something for you. No, he is the truth. He is the truth. There's nothing else. Today, it's sad how the Christian world has become. Pray God's going to use you, going to do mighty things for him. Is that what's prompting you to follow him? He is the truth. Apart from me, there is no good thing. It's sad how in the flesh we've, we've, we've got this habit of persuading people to follow God. Yes, we encourage people, but the end result is He is the truth, the way and the life. It's Him or nothing. What are we persuading people against? It's either His truth or you're an enemy to Him. Those who make themselves a friend to God, enemy to God. Friend of the world is an enemy to God. So be careful that you don't operate in this way to persuade people. God's going to use you. You know, seek Him. He'll do something in you. No, He is the truth. And I, I just had to say that because the Christian world, it's going the opposite way. Remember when Peter preached? They were cut to the heart. They were convicted. When you and he's working in you, there is a deep conviction. You don't persuade people to follow God. It's a conviction. What must I do to be saved? And the first key was repentance. So it said, we, 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 we bring out all these cards. This didn't work, let's bring out this card. This card didn't work, let's bring out this card. It's sad, but it's true. What can I do to, to make the people follow God? Let's, let's change my approach. He is the son of God. He is the truth. There's nothing else. Apart from me, there is no good thing. He is the truth. So what you're really operating in is rebellion. And it's sad that that's, that's how far we've come in the way we treat God. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your life. It's sad. So that problem there, it's called rebellion. You know what I like to do? Um, call it out what it is. And it's not to get in that fashion where you're cutting people and you're hurting people. No. But call it out what it is. Because it's sad how the Christian world is actually going. It's sad. Okay. 
Luke chapter 12, verse 15, NIV. This is the next fruit of the fear of the Lord. Now, now, from all these scriptures, you can learn something here. You know what it is? I need to build a structure around my life. Yes? I need to build a barrier, a barricade around my life. I'm not free. Paul says, don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Let's use your freedom to move in the spirit and to offer your life as a living sacrifice to God. Paul warns us not to use our freedom, though we are free in Christ, to indulge in the flesh. So you begin to see here, you put, a, you put the binoculars on the word of God here, and you begin to see here, as a believer, I need to put a barricade and a barrier to protect my spirit, to protect my mind as a believer, and to begin my journey with Christ. Are you understanding? So many people here want to be blessed by God, but they don't want to go through the process. You know the fear of the Lord is one of God's names? You know that from the Old Testament? The fear of the Lord is one of God's names. His name, one of his names is the fear of God. What does Satan carry? The opposite, rebellion. What's the opposite of the fear? Disobedience, rebellion, the flesh. You begin to see, well, you begin to see, well, I'm, I'm steering more to living a disobedient life and a rebellious life more than I am with having the fear of the Lord, which produces me to overcome all evil. You begin to see and you put the, you put the, you start to weigh your life and you start to see what's dominating me more? The fear of the Lord that's allowing me to have self-control, that's allowing me to wait with God when I'm in trials and I'm in challenges, or am I operating more in disobedience? And as a result of that, you will not be blessed. Yes, you know Him, and God is slow, God is not slow in keeping his promises, as some people count slowness, but wants everyone to come to repentance. Obedience produces the fear of the Lord that allows you to take that place. Now look here. So the first word was to God. You hear Paul speaking about it? God, God, it's meaning something. Now look here what you have to protect yourself from. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Okay, so God's speaking to you here now, showing you that your life is not meant to be focused on the abundance of your possessions. And what allows a person to actually chase that? Greed. What does the fear of the Lord do? It rejects that. Are there rich people in the Bible? Certainly. But Paul commanded them also to use your riches to be rich unto God. So both ways, there's no way out of it. If God has blessed you with riches, it's to be, it's to be cheerful for those who are not 
not doing so well in this world. Yes? Yeah, he blesses to bless you. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. We know this. But I'm talking about a person who's centered, who's centered on getting possessions. Okay? At least the baby agrees. So you begin to see, you begin to see the, the barrier that you have to build as a believer. So many people say, I want to be blessed. I want to walk with God. Yes, all the answers are there. It's your corporation now. So someone, someone will say, you know, I want to I wanna backdoor it. I want to go around this hole. It doesn't work like this. It doesn't work like this. God's word is settled in heaven. It doesn't work like this. God's word is settled. What he said, it will happen. All you need to do now is cooperate and know that it is the only truth. You need to know this. And if I can see anything from this teaching, I thank God. Because he's getting your life right. He's actually getting your life right. Now this, there is a promise from God. There is a promise that comes from God regarding what I just spoke about. Psalms 97, 10. Now look what God promises here. Now this is a promise from God. It says here, Let those who love the Lord hate evil. For, the, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Now this is an amazing blessing. But look here how God sees those who are faithful to him. Yeah? This. That's how God sees that we are truly in love with him. For those who love the Lord hate evil. For he guards the lives of his faithful ones. How does God see that you actually love him? And that you're faithful towards him? That you hate every evil thing. Can you see? Okay. Now, I'm not going to read this scripture. Because it's a long one. But in Ephesians chapter 4. Write it down for whoever wants to write it down. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 17 to 32. But they spent the whole... I'll put it in. Crystal's going to kill me. Because she spent half an hour trying to put it together. Alright. Okay. So we'll read it. We'll read it. We'll read it. So here we see the opposite of why God cannot guard you and also why understanding cannot enter you. Now this is Paul's teaching regarding the Christian's walk. Okay? Look here. So this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord as in his presence. Now Paul's speaking from his presence. That you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live. 
Now here he's showing us a picture why understanding cannot reach your heart. He's showing you a picture why? Because you choose to carry your old life, which was before you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? That you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the futility of their minds and in their foolishness and emptiness of their souls. For their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded and they are alienated and self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of their willful ignorance and spiritual blindness. Now he's diagnosing why understanding cannot reach your heart. So let's say so many people tell me from week to week, I read the word, I can't understand anything. But to do evil, it comes so easy. To be rebellion, to be sinful and to be disobedient, it comes naturally to me. Now Paul's diagnosing the real problem here. Are you understanding? So here, the first problem here, it, it's, everything's began, began in their minds, but it's showing you here because of their willful ignorance and their spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them because hardness, insensitivity of their heart. So you see, Paul's diagnosing the issue why a person lacks understanding which is the fear of the Lord. He's showing you that the fear of the Lord deals with this because understanding is the fear of the Lord. Okay? Because of the hardness and insensitivity of the heart, Paul speaks about it. So we go to the next one, please. And they, the ungodly in their spiritual apathy, having become callous and unfeeling, and giving themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that a desire may demand. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if in fact you have really heard him and have been taught by him, just as truth is in Jesus revealed in his life and personified in him. And put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature, created in God's image, God-like in the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. Therefore, rejecting all falsehood, whether lying, defrauding, telling half-truths, spreading rumors, any such as these, speak truth each one with his neighbor, for we are all part of one another, and we are all part of the body of Christ. Be angry at, at sin, at immortality, at injustice, and at ungodly behavior. Yet, do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge, or nurturing anger, or harboring resentment, or cultivating bitterness. The thief who has become a believer must no longer steal, but instead he must work hard, making an honest living, producing that which is good with his own hands, so that he will have something to share with those in need. Do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for building up others, 
according to the need and the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear it, you speak. And do not grieve. Now here is someone just here, all from that I just read, this is how you actually grieve the Holy Spirit in you, when you hold on to your old nature. So how does a believer grieve the Holy Spirit that's living in them? When they refuse to live in the new nature of Christ. Okay? But do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please Him, by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequence of sin. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual amnesty, resentment, strife, fault-finding and slander be put away from you, along with every kind of malice, or spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence, be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God, Christ also forgave you. That's it, yeah? So you begin to see here, you begin to see here, the first foundation here is to give understanding, and what does it actually produce inside of you? What does it actually produce inside of you? I'll finish off with the scripture because I know everyone's edgy. Don't want to go watch that origin. <laughs> go to Colossians chapter two, and I'll finish. I think I think I saw like fifty watches. <laughs> now here I'll, I have to finish off the scripture because this this topic is finished today. Here, there's a treasure. Paul is showing us, Paul is showing us how we know Jesus Christ more intimately. Okay? Paul is showing us the major door here that allows us to know Christ more intimately. And look here. It says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those believers at Laodicea, and for all who, like yourselves, have never seen me face to face. For my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love so that they may have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding. Where does understanding come from? Fear of the Lord. The joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God. What's the mystery of God? understanding where's understanding come from fear of the lord fear of the lord unlocks every mystery of god and god himself teaches you all his treasures isn't that amazing so these are spiritual doorways that allows you to be fed from the holy spirit so can i say it like this the one who lacks the fear of the lord lacks to be taught by him Because here it's showing you, please read this. Take your time, read this, please. Forget about origin now. It says here, so that they may have all the riches that comes from the full assurance of understanding. The joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God. Now, this is very powerful. 
and God is showing us one major pillar that allows you to operate in understanding is the fear of the Lord. It allows you to be taught by Him. Such a pure channel comes from the Holy Spirit for you to be taught by Him. Because one of God's name is the fear of God. So I want to encourage you here today, by the grace of God, that Paul is showing us a true mystery of how, how God begins to show himself to you in an intimate way, where there's true intimacy in the Holy Spirit. And you can see this treasure here. It's interesting. From the old to the new, Paul, Paul brings out these pearls from the Old Testament and shows it to us there. Okay, so bless you all. Thank you for coming. And today we learn one little principle with major blessings that God allows you to be blessed by. Understanding is the fear of God. And from all this teaching you can learn that from the fear of God I can really see that God is actually trying to protect me. Protect my spirit, protect my own heart, and protect my walk on earth. You can see it now. Am I, am I a person that have boundaries in my life? Am I tamed as a Christian? You begin to ask yourself these questions. Why am I not seeing results? Where do I start as a believer? It's here. The treasure is here. So bless you, bless you all and let's pray. Now, if anyone wants to leave, please, um, by all means, you, you can go. <clears throat> but I'd like to pray for each one here today. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your truth that sets us free. Lord Jesus, you said if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, for he gives without fault finding a measure, and it will be granted to us. That wisdom is the fear of the Lord. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you prepare us and teach us the fear of the Lord. I thank you. I honor you, Lord, and I thank you for what you have done. Thank you for giving us the template. I thank you for giving us wisdom so we can build truly before you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we honor you. I pray for each person here today that anything that's not built on the right structure, I pray, Lord Jesus, you bring it down and build on the structure that can never fail us. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you. We worship you. Hallelujah to your name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for allowing us to see these treasures. All the glory belongs to Jesus Christ. I pray from today, Lord, that every heart can be nourished and fed from your precious spirit that lives inside of us. Thank you, Lord. I pray for a structure in this 
And I pray from today, more and more, we can know you intimately through understanding which is the fear of the Lord. I pray for this grace to come upon us so that we may know you in an intimate way. Amen. Amen. Bless you all. Thanks for coming.